Okay, good morning. This is Ben Ward, community builder for the Barnwood Trust in Gloucestershire and director of World Jungle. This podcast is part of a series of interviews with individuals involved in asset-based community development. Today we were in conversation with Maria D'Souza from Bank of Ideas in Australia. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Not too bad. Can you, do you mind just telling me a bit about yourself and how you got involved in asset-based community development? Sure. So, Ben, I work for a company called Bank of Ideas, and we're a community and economic development organisation. been working with Bank of Ideas for about 15 years now, and uh, my boss, Peter Kenyon, has, has been pushing ABCD, or asset-based community development, um, all over the world for, for a long time now. So it was sort of just naturally um, have been trained into this way of thinking and have sort of in the, after doing a degree in sustainable development, um, started picking up project work. Great. So um, you've been with Bank of Ideas about 15, uh, 15 years. Um, what do you feel is different about the sort of asset-based community development approach compared with more traditional community building techniques? Well, traditional community building techniques tend to focus on needs and deficiencies. So it's generally a very uh, top-down top approach to to building community, uh, you know, local governments especially tend to go in and say, oh, what's wrong, how do we fix it? Whereas asset-based community development tends to go in and, and says, what's strong and how do we get more of it? And that's where I think it's, it, it's really exceptional and, and where the difference lies and why it actually um, gets success because it builds on what's already successful. That's the fundamental difference um, is, is that focus on strengths and assets, not on needs and deficiencies. Absolutely. I mean, uh, where we are in England, it's amazing the amount of money we've seen invested into some of our most disadvantaged, uh, deprived communities. And yet, as a result of that funding, you so often see so little change. Um, what do you feel? Why do, why do you feel sort of community development so often fails to sort of mobilise the community and get people involved? Because you don't excite people by focusing on the negatives. Um, if you if you want to excite people to to affect change, you need to focus on the positives. You need to use what you have, not what you don't have. Um, you know, if it's all if it's all doom and gloom and oh well, we don't have this and we don't have that. Well, then what can you do? <laughs> Um, you, you can't actually do anything with what you don't have and so you're not going to motivate people. You're not going to motivate people by dwelling on, on what's wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, what what sort of examples have you, um, at Bank of Ideas, have you guys been involved in where you've managed to build communities and have noticed a real positive sort of change in terms of people getting involved in community action? Recently, personally, um, I worked with a community uh, down in a little place called uh, North Pinjara, uh, um, and they were a bit of an anomaly, and they were a little satellite community built 5Ks out of the local town, and uh, they were built as a mining mining homes for miners. And um, eventually, over time, the miners moved out and 
sold their houses and it sort of became a, a lower socioeconomic area and, and it got a bit of a bad rap. And um, we, we went in there and, and what we discovered, you know, simply through conversation with residents was that the people who lived there actually loved where they lived. They were very proud of the place and, you know, they they really wanted to, to regain some of that community pride. And so we formed a bit of um, an informal group of residents who, who then worked really hard to, to bring back um, a couple of things they'd lost, like the community Christmas party um, and and w- had started then working together to – they had an amazing uh, uh, hall and oval complex. In its day, it was a really pumping little community. Um, and so probably about 400 homes, about 12, 12 to 1,500 people. Um, so uh, from that exercise of, of sort of just putting that Christmas party on and, and just pulling together and, and you know, asset mapping what they had to, to pull that off. Um, they then, you know, banded together and they took out, they've taken management over of the hall again from the Shire and are starting to run classes out of it and put on more events for the community. And, yeah, it was, it was a real case of the community looking to, to put, putting their hands in their own pockets and, and looking for their own assets and build themselves back up again. You met, you mentioned there about asset mapping. What, what? How would you go about doing that, and what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I mean, if you're going to be doing asset-based community development, integral to that is actually discovering what you have. What are your assets? What can you use? Um, any community has a, you know, people assets, physical assets, economic assets, uh, cultural assets, um, the assets of informal and formal networks, clubs and organisations. So uh, the, the simplest way to start asset mapping is to actually start by having conversations with people. Um, it's really psych- psychology 101, Ben. If you get people talking about themselves, they'll keep talking. And once you get people talking about what it is they love, um, about where they live and what it is they are passionate about, um, you actually start discovering, you know, some of the skills and interests of local people, clubs and organisations they may be, um, you know, affiliated with. You start tapping into those sorts of assets, the history of the place. They're all assets that you can use. Mm, absolutely. So uh, asset map really about discovering that. And there's, and there's, you know, there's a variety of creative ways that you can do that, but I think it starts with conversation. Great, absolutely. What what um, advice or tools have you found most useful in your work in terms of the community development work, the ABCD type work that you've been doing? Are there any particular either advice or particular tools that you found find really helpful? Yeah, look, like I said, um, conversation. Uh, I think it's it's. You know, you can definitely seek out. I think the first step is seeking out those community-minded people, connecting with them. They'll always give you a good indication of where the community's at. I think also important is about seeking out some of those people who aren't so prominent, who don't put themselves out there all the time, and that can be a little bit trickier, but they're there, and I think I think they're the real goal. Um, conversation is, is key. Um, you can run workshops and you do things like that. Of course, they're very, very important. Um, but it, it's all about having a lot of conversations with people and it's really about doing it on, the, on a small scale at the neighbourhood, at the street level. Um, I think getting neighbours connected, getting 
you know, those small blocks connected is, is really where it's at. Absolutely. I think that's what we often see over here is that the scale is just not at a kind of human scale and people don't necessarily respond very well. But when you can move that development down to, like you say, a street level or an estate or neighborhood level, then people can really respond um, in a much more direct way and see the benefits and impact of that approach much, much more. Um, yeah, and I think it's about working with who's already who's already interested. You know, grab onto the people who who do want to be involved. Um, you know, if, if someone's enthusiastic, grab that, run with it, and you start making those connections. What What would you say is one of Have you got any examples? Any real sort of favourite examples of community building that you've uh, sort of witnessed or been part of? Yeah, in the um, in the in the Sharkel, London, where we're based, um, we actually, you know, helped to start a local organisation that was completely devoted to uh, asset-based community development. And a lot of uh, great great initiatives came out of that. It was called "All We Need Is Right Here," and um, a couple of great initiatives was a, a Meet the Neighbours initiative where um, neighbours actually got together. Um, sorry, the organisation actually uh, arranged a, a great little package where they collaborated with the local IGA um, and the local bank to allow neighbours a mini grant to put on a little um, a little show, um, a little party to, to get to know each other. Um, and and over time that evolved to include the local coffee van. If it, if it wasn't always feasible to um, have neighbours put on a, a dinner or something, they would then, um, you know, send the coffee van out to a street and people could come gather around the coffee van. So over 160 streets in the Shire have now participated in that program. Fantastic. Um, yeah, another initiative they did, which is a great asset mapping initiative, was um, where a group of mums got together um, around the kitchen table one night with a bottle of wine and just sort of sat down and thought of the 50 things kids could do before they turned 12 um, <laughs> in the Shire and printed it up, you know, in a very simple design on a, with a magnet on the back and um, distributed it to as many households as possible. And, and that actually became one of the top top uh, giveaways at the, at the local tourist centre as well. So, um, again, a very fun, creative way to, to asset map. Yeah, we're definitely a big fan of play and using play as a tool for building communities. Uh, We've done a lot of events sort of just going into our local parks and bringing different activities just as a way of getting getting people out and talking. And so I definitely can relate to that and the power of of play, which seems to connect uh, children and then obviously the parents as a result of that. So we're big fans of that. Um, What do you feel are the sort of qualities that that make a strong community? I I think when when people know each other, uh, you know, when people, I think that's the number one quality, Ben, when when people know each other and they feel connected and they're aware of what's around them and they actually do feel like they can knock on each other's doors and, and they are looking out for each other. And they're actually willing to, to work together to to achieve, you know, outcomes or you know goals that they that they want to achieve together. I think that's that's the biggest indicator of a strong community. It it knows itself. It knows what it wants, and it's willing to work together to achieve. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. Have you seen much? I mean, uh, you said you've been involved uh, for over sort of 15 years. Have you seen a sort of change, like obviously with the increase in the internet and people becoming more connected sort of virtually? Um, have you seen uh, that have an impact on the way communities act, uh, sort of operate or are? Yeah, I, I think there's both positive as well. And negative. So, with social media, um, I think it, it's, you know, in a lot of ways that people are a lot more aware of what's of what's going on and are able to promote and connect. Um, at the same time, it, I, I think it also allows for a lot of, um, you know, maybe un, unwanted negativity and a, a way for people to, to hide behind their doors as well. So I think it's something you've really got to use quite wisely um, and keep in check. I, I don't think anything replaces... Um, that face-to-face interaction, and I really do think there needs to be more of that. Absolutely. I, I mean, one of the things that we... we... Sorry, if I just say, Ben, there's a great initiative uh, by a group over in Queensland um, called uh, Turn Off the TV and Turn On the Neighbourhood, and basically yeah. between 5 and 6 on a Sunday afternoon, they just encourage neighbours to come out into their streets with a, with a, with a drink or a cuppa and just... Um, have a chat to each other every Sunday at that time. So um, I think creating opportunities for neighbours to to do that is is really important. Oh, I love that idea. That sounds like a really good little um, little phrase. It's something that we could maybe like try out over here. I love that. Turn off the TV and turn on the neighbourhood. That's a really nice a nice a nice idea. Um, so what are you working on at the moment, Maria? Um, currently, uh, we uh, the Bank of Ideas are, um, started a national initiative here, um, based on actually a similar one in the in the UK, started by Cormac Russell of Nurture Development. So we we've actually adopted um, the Nurture Development Learning Sites model to uh, the Australian context. So we've currently got about um, ten learning sites across the country. Um, a couple of which have been in, in Western Australia. So we've got, you know, got a, lot, a couple in South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales. So at the moment, uh, focusing on a little foothill suburb in Perth. Um, and we're actually working with, so, so I guess they're a suburb that have sort of been, um, I guess, overtaken by housing estates. Um, a lot of young families, but... Um, they're a bit lost in terms of, of their identity, you know. So from talking to a lot of residents, we've run a couple of um, initiatives there. The first was a, a great event called, um, I, I guess I feel they lack a bit of culture and a bit of identity. So working with residents, we've, we've sort of tried to use the assets they have to, to, to bring some of that out. So the, the first initiative we did was um, called uh, Connect 6057, where we actually got all the local clubs and organisations to come together and put on a bit of an event where um, they all sort of had a different activity that um, that, that residents could participate in. And, and um, we had all the food trucks pull in. So we had a girls' football game. We had bottle rockets, uh, giant Jenga. Each club organisation was responsible for bringing down an activity and it was it worked really well. I mean, um, it worked really well. It was a very easy event to set up. Um, people were exposed to the club and organisational assets within the community. We actually held it at the local footy club um, and they also gave residents a chance to connect to each other. 
Um, on top of that, we're looking at doing a, a film um, with residents, by residents, um, High Wycombe past, present and future. Mm-hmm. So um, we discovered that there's a lot of people who've actually lived in the suburb since since it began, you know, so 30, 40 years ago. So they're going to do the, um, the past. We've got young families doing the present and we've got school kids um, giving us their future vision of High Wycombe. So it's going to be a three-part series. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Sounds like you've got plenty on keeping you busy. Um, just uh, just finally, um, what tips would you give to someone sort of starting out in community development? Uh, look, I, I think the, the, the biggest, the most important thing to remember is that the wisdom of the community exceeds the knowledge of the experts. Um no one knows a community better than its residents. So it's actually about, um, I think a lot of community development workers or staff tend to go in there and, and get excited and have their own ideas about what should happen. And, and I think it's key to actually listen listen to what the community want, to, to ask a lot of questions, to talk to a lot of people and figure out what it is they're going to get about executing because at the end of the day if, if they're not doing it if they're not driving it you're you're not building community I love that. Again, the wisdom of the community exceeds the knowledge of the experts. That's definitely something that we need to bear in mind. Absolutely. Well, Maria, that's been really um, interesting hearing about you and sort of hearing about what's happening in Australia and the work of Bank of Ideas. Um, Wish you guys all the best and hopefully we can stay in touch and hear about how it's going in in the future and um, keep the conversations going and keep learning about this this approach uh, and share our experiences as we go forward. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks for your time.